Welcome to the Epiphany Movement Podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's talk from Pastor Drake Nelson. His disciples came to him privately and asked, Tell us when all this will happen. What sign will signal your return of the end of the world? Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name, claiming that I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and and threats of wars, but do not panic. Yes, these things must take place, and the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of many of the birth pains to come. Verses 12 and 13, I'll skip. But it says this, it says, Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures until the end will be saved, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Skip on to verse 32. I'll kind of conclude this message or this teaching from Jesus. But he says this, Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and and, and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things happen, you will know his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth that this generation will not pass from the scene until all of these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but, but, but my word will not disappear. Let's pray. And we'll go where I believe the Lord has us to go. God, thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for just your word and for another great day in your house. God, we love you and we thank you. Um, now, God, I pray that you would just remove all our distractions. Give us open eyes and open ears to, to hear and to understand what you have and what you want us to get from today. Um, God, we love you and we thank you for everything that you've given to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So in Matthew 24, we see a bunch of things that kind of all unfold at the same time. Uh, I'll just kind of begin to name a couple, but it, it says that, that for many will come in my name, claiming that I am the Messiah, okay? And, and that they will deceive many, and, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars. And, and I'm just, just kind of letting you know that it, it seems recently, even up until 1940s, that it's been been one thing after the another, a war, and another war, and, a, and another rumor of war, and the day that we're living in, hearing about wars and, and threats of wars all the time, and then it says, and you will hear of all these things, yes, these things must, must take place, and verse 7, it says this, it says, nation will go to war against nation, and, and the word nation in Greek, you probably know that, but it's the word eth- ethnos ethnic it says that in the last days there will be ethnic tensions between different people of different eth- it will be a time like you've never seen it before ethnicity going against ethnicity that that this group is going to go against that group and that group's going to come against this group and and maybe we're living in a time where we're seeing these things take place after all the palestinians or the arabs just attacked the group of people known as the jews and the israelites i know you already know this I'm just trying to bring this to to maybe clarity today 
for all of us to be in here. Then it says this. It says that there will be famines and, and earthquakes in many parts of the world. They began to measure earthquakes some years back, uh, even in the 1900s, early 1900s. They began to kind of measure that with seismograph machines. But did you know that in the last hundred or so years, that it, the, the, the common thing that people say, when you say, well, the, the idea is, well, there's always been earthquakes. We've always seen earthquakes, right? I mean... In the last hundred years, there have been more earthquakes than any time in our recorded history. Matter of fact, since 1940, there have been more earthquakes than any time in our recorded history. So the people that say, well, it's always been like that, I would say, in your lifetime it has. It's just something that you've gotten used to. And it, it kind of continues to go on. It says that there will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but this is all only the first signs of the birth pains. It says that then you will be arrested and, and, and persecuted, that you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And, and, and I know that persecution is so legit and real and serious all over the world, but l- let me just maybe stick my own foot in my mouth for a second. It's real in a, in a real sense in America, too, that, that it seems seems like we're the, the, the bun of all the jokes now. That, that when somebody's made fun of on a t- TV show, it's usually a Christian. Or, or um, but, but in actuality, when somebody does something good for somebody, you know who it normally is? A Christian. When something good happens, it's normally a follower of Christ that's making it. That, but it says that in the last days, uh, you will be, begin to be persecuted. There are so many lawsuits now and, and litigations now. I mean, you can hardly even work at your job with having a Christian morality without somebody coming and saying, that's enough of that. Well, you're out of here. I mean, Hobby Lobby, I don't know if you was keeping up with that, but a multi-million dollar lawsuit filed against Hobby Lobby because they said that there's things that we, we just don't believe we should pay for. And I'm going to preach it how I want to preach it this morning, and, and, and if, I, if I offend you, then I'm, I'm sorry, but, but they said we don't agree with, with abortion. We're not gonna, we don't want to pay for people to have an abortion, so we're not going to do it. And multi-million dollar lawsuit against Hobby Lobby, thank goodness the Supreme Court overruled it. They got it all back and then some. But Chick-fil-A taking a stand and saying we don't believe, we believe a marriage should be from a man and a woman. And they, they say that and the next Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. They have people packed in their stores saying this ain't right. You ought not say that. And when we used to take a stand for a guy, it's like, oh my goodness. You're, you're, so I know we're not having our heads cut off in America yet like they are maybe in some other parts of the world. But the persecution and the severity that we say, I stand for God, is still here. And he keeps on going. And let me just kind of bring your attention. that It says that in the last days... Many will turn away from me. Their love will go grow cold. He says sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many, it will go cold. It's this unrighteous turning away from morality that it's not like it used to be 50 years ago or 75 years ago before I was even born. It's that we have, have people are going to turn away from, from what they used to 
to do. And, and by the way, I'm not here to just share with you bad news, but, but I'm going to preach the truth today. And, and, and I'm just going to let me say if you never get talked about, if you're just like everybody else, and nobody ever says, hey, well, you're different. Why do you believe that? You may need to check yourself at the door and ask, are you really saved? Because this says in the end times, when, when everything kind of comes to fruition, people are going to persecute you for your faith. So let me ask you a question. Are you any different than the rest of the world? He says that in the last day, it's going to be a... a Y'all, please just forgive me. I really want y'all to forgive me. But listen to this. Man, I'm not going to say who the preacher was, but there's a preacher in Texas. You may know him. I probably mentioned him before. But he spoke at his church, and he said, you know what I want to have? I want to have a conference for anybody who doesn't believe in the life. Like, it, for the parents of, uh, the conference was for parents of people who are saying that they want to, like, they're, they're attracted to the same gender does that make sense okay so that and and i thought that was a good uh they were going for the parents okay so how do you parent people that y'all know who they got to come and speak at the conference it was a man married to another man and another guy a keynote speaker who was also married to the other man that was the two people that the church in texas one of the biggest churches in our nation had to come and say we want to be the keynote speakers to, to this generation what it's saying is that in the last days we are going to turn away from what we think is, is true and, and what we think is right. That, that it, you know, it used to be that, that Christians didn't cuss. Let me just, let me just take off my shoes for my... So, right? That, that, that it used to be that, that there are things that we used to just not do that we're not going to go there. We're not going to say those things. We're not going to, to participate in that. And now it's just, well, everybody does it. I mean, aren't you so glad that they don't make the, 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 the road side assistance or the bridge parapets down in the, in the ditches, in the low spots? I'm glad they make the, the road rails way up top. Where, where they, what I'm saying is that some of us are down in the stuff. We're, we're in the ditches. We're in the slums. And it may not be a heaven or hell issue. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that you ought to make a, a, a big distance between. You ought to go higher. You ought to take it up to Christ. You ought to build those bridges up high so that there's a distance between what he's calling us to and where our culture is. It says that in the last days, this is the type of stuff. Do you know what it also says? Jesus says this. I never understood this, but this week I may have had an epiphany. I don't know. It may not mean it. It may not. But, but he says that woe to you who are pregnant in that time. The woe to you who are with child. The end, the end times, it's going to be hard to parent kids. That, that the ingredients of the culture and the ingredients of what we're living in is going to be harder than ever to take a child and to raise them in the way and the righteousness of God. It's going to be harder than it ever has been. And are we not seeing? I'm telling you, it's not only with the kids and their environment. It's with us as parents, too. It's, it's with the whole thing. We, we, we don't know how to discipline. We don't know how to say what we mean. We think, well, I'm telling you, he says that woe to us in the last days who are pregnant. It's going to be hard 
hard. And, and some of the moms and the dads can say, amen, it's hard. If I'm hurting your feelings, just put some steel toes on and, and you know, I'll be, I'll be sweet next Sunday. I, pr- I will be sweet next Sunday. I'm going to be so nice. But, I, but I'm here to preach the truth today. I, really, really I am. And, and here he, he goes on. And, and, Lord, I got more notes than I got time. But, but Matthew 24, 37, he says that nobody will know the hour. And, I, and I'm not preaching the hour. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching anything like that. I'm just saying that what Jesus says is that when, when the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. It says in verse 37, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered his boat. You know, just going on with life, just going... Just, yeah, in 1988, somebody it was a mathematician. I think he was a pretty smart mathematician, but he wrote a book. Do y'all know what book I'm talking about? It was 88 Reasons That Jesus Is Coming Back in 88. Does anybody ever know that, ever read that book? 88 Reasons, nobody? Okay, well, he made a book, and, and, and it was filled with 88 reasons. And I, I know we're laughing. That's funny. Uh, and it obviously didn't happen. There's a lizard walking under the uh, piano. I am so ADD. I just saw that thing, and I said, oh, gosh, 88 reasons I'm going to get that lizard. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, but, but, but he made it in 88. Y'all are all praying now. Lord, don't, come, don't, don't let that lizard come near me. But at least he was ready in 88, I'm saying, you know. I mean, I remember growing up, people used to talk about the end times and Jesus coming and, and that, it, that, that, that it's imminent and that, that it's going to be here any moment. And I, I, that was uh, popular back in the 2000s, but now it seems like nobody really is even looking for it. Well, it's been that way. People thought it for thousands of years. People have always thought that Jesus was coming back and he didn't come back in the thousands or the 2000s. Uh, what makes you think he's coming back now and that's our mentality that he's not going to come back now but but can we not at least be ready for it at least be expecting it at least be saying i'm going to live my life where if he comes back i'm going to be ready and what he's saying right here is that in the last days it may have always been like this but what he's saying is that it's it's, it's going to be it's going to happen back to back to back to back back and it's going to be so stacked up on each other he compares it to child uh, having a child that in in childbirth it may be a pain at the beginning and then it kind of goes on and, and maybe it's another pain but when you really get down to almost birthing a child you know what it's like it's pain after pain after pain after birth after boom after boom and it feels like to me that ever since the pandemic it's just been one thing after the other after the other after the other and that's what jesus is saying is that when it comes to the end it's just going to happen boom 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 and here's what he says listen to this now he says that all this will happen, and then, now learn a lesson, he says, from the fig tree. So, so what is the fig tree? It's it just, there's two interpretations of this. Let me try to preach this the best that I can, okay, and preach it and teach it. All right, there's a couple of different interpretations of this, uh, two primary ones. I'm just going to share this one with you. That, that when it talks about the fig tree, it, th- th- that is Israel's symbol. That when Israel is reborn, do you see what it says? When the fig tree blossoms again. If you want to read this, go to look. Look in 
listen to this. Oh, God, just be with me for a second. Speaking of Israel, I tell it. Go read Ezekiel 38 and 39. It says that people all over the world in the last days in the final battle will come against Israel. But that God will fight for Israel is what it says. It says that Israel is his chosen people. So are we God's chosen people or is Israel God's chosen people? Is it Israel or is it Christians? Is it, and, and I'm just here to say that, that, yes, we are the spiritual Israel, Paul says. We are the branches that got, got grafted in. But Paul says don't reject the branches that got taken out because he can place them back if he wants to. And I believe that in the last days that the two witnesses that we're going to talk about maybe tonight, they will be the ones who really begin to speak to Israel but let me just say, hey, God will fight for Israel. And, and I don't care what these smarty little pants, yuppie kids are talking about on the college campuses saying that, you know, down with Israel. All I know is that the God who does not slumber or sleeps will watch over Israel today and tomorrow and for the end of time. Because our God, he's going to fight for Israel. And I may have just said something that you don't like, but, 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 but. It says that Israel will be reborn. The fig tree, and listen to what it says, in the generation that sees the fig tree with its branches, in the same way you will see all these things, you will know that Christ's return is dear. I tell you the truth, that do you see this? This generation, the generation that sees Israel, will not pass from the scene until these things take place. That generation will not pass, and in 1948, World War II, all that happened in A.D. 70. Israel was demolished for thousands and thousands of years. Israel was never a nation until World War II. Everything that happened in 1948, somebody said, hey, I'm going to stand up for Israel. And God, why, you think that, that Israel could do that by itself? No, it was God's hand in it. You know why, by the way? If, I'll just go ahead and spoil it for you tonight. It's, why it is is because that, that the Messiah will come back and he will set his foot down in Israel, in Jerusalem. And Satan's trying to do everything that he can to stop that from happening. Just like he tried to do everything to kill the Messiah when he came. He says, but in that generation, you know what Psalm 90 verses uh, 1, one I think it's verse 10 says, I think you may have even had the scripture, uh, Griff. It says that the days of our lives are 70 years, and if by reason of strength, or strength, they are 80 years, for it is soon cut off, and we all will fly away. <clears throat> I, uh, I filled this, this here thing up with, with a bunch of rocks, but I actually, believe it or not, there are 70 rocks in here. 70 rocks. And I know I've heard a story about a preacher who did this before. He, uh, every, every, every year you know, that went by, he would just take a rock out. and He would take a rock out, and I'm, and I'm 27, so, so let me just take several of the rocks out. Even now, <clears throat> just keep on going. Y'all going to have to give me a minute. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I don't know how many that is, but, you know, that's probably. Uh, Mr. David, how old are you, Mr. David? 
60? Okay, all right. Well, let me just go ahead and hold on. Let, let me, let, I'm, I'm going to pick on you, all right? I'm going to pick on you. How many are there? Are there? Are there? All right. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. All right. What well, you're you're pretty strong. We're gonna give you ten. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, so let me let me put we're gonna give you eighty years. We'll put a couple more in there. All right. And for many of us in the room, you got way more rocks out there than you have in here. He says, if you're lucky, you get 70, but, but if you're really lucky, you, you may get 80, but, but that's what a generation is, and, and, and it's getting to that time. Y'all know that 1948, if you was alive in 1948, just raise your hand. Let me just see if anybody was alive in 1948. Was anybody alive in 1948? All right. Woo, we got one. Okay, at least I, I was talking to Miss Betty Agnes, and she she says she was born in 1928, so yeah, we definitely got us, uh, uh, yes, thank you very much. What I'm saying is that it's is getting fewer and fewer on, in that generation, and 1948 was 75 years ago. So how close is it? How close is it for Jesus coming back? I mean, he could genuinely come back. I mean, in the next seven years, we could be... You know, I mean, when is it going to happen? How close is it? How close is it? In 1948, let me just show you one video, uh, because not only was it in 1948, but in in 2018, it was something that America had a a, a big hand in. um, And and it was a prayer breakfast that that they invited a bunch of pastors. Actually, it was about six pastors from different denominations. And I think his name was Mike Pompeo, who was the state secretary at that time invited him to Washington DC and sat there down there and 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 I'll just preach it how they say hey look our president wants to know who in the world how should we feel about Israel and one of the pastors his name is John Higby or Higby or something like that he stood up and he says we want you to know that we should that America should move the embassy to Jerusalem the eternal capital of the world that's where we want to move the embassy to and do you know that in 2018 it actually got done look listen to this video this is uh the inauguration of may may 2018 this was a prayer that that pastor at the very end he concluded with this prayer y'all just take a look at that jesus will come back so, so what's going to happen? Let me, let me just ask y'all the question. What can you and I, we, what can we be sure of? In, in the Bible, it, it's, it says that there, there are six, I'll call them, raptures. Number one, Elijah, uh, 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 Enoch. He says that he was, with, he was and then he was no more. Number two was Elijah. He was a man who followed God. God called him, brought him up. Number three, it says that Jesus, when he, in Acts chapter 1, went into the clouds to be with the Lord. And and, and four is Paul. He says that I was caught up into the third heaven, and I I, I didn't want to go back, but, 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 but they made me. 
Number, number five, it says that the two witnesses that will come and they will be slain by the Antichrist and that, that God, and when everybody's watching, when, when all the news media and people from all over the world, everybody's on their cell phone, everybody's watching, God, it says, will call them up back into heaven. And number six, it says that you and I, that we will be caught up with God in First Thessalonians chapter four, or I think it may be actually chapter two, but it says that we will be caught up. And, and what's really cool, let me preach this, just give me a few minutes, but what's really cool is that it says in that day, the people that we love, that they will come down with Christ and that they will be reu reunited, not only with them. I, I, I just can't help but, but, but think about Mr. Sammy right now. I can't help but, but, but think about Pace right now, or, or Mr. Arthur Siegel right now, or, or all the other people that we've lost. It says that in those days that we will be re reunited, that their body will come up out of the grave and meet in the air when that happens. And that we will reign with Christ forever and ever and ever. You ought to clap. You ought to say amen for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That he will never slumber or never sleep. That he has an eternal kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. So let me ask you the question. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Because in Matthew 25, right after Matthew 24 that we just got through studying today, he gives a parable of the bridegrooms, and he says that there are ten bridegrooms. Five were ready and waiting for the day of the Lord, but five were not. And the reason that he told that story is because he knew that it's possible to think oneself ready for the return of Christ and not be ready. And not be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day? Because nobody can fix nobody can fix our world. I'm not a I'm not a, a negative preacher, really. I, I want you to go to college. I want you to get a job. I want you to enjoy time in your family and enjoy your life and, 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 and do all the things that life has to offer. But in the forefront of your mind, there ought to be that God in Christ Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon. I'll be registering. So, so if you would, just everybody, if you would just stand, stand to your feet. Just every, every head bow, eye, every eye close. With every head bowed and, and every eye close, let me just get you to be honest with yourself. How many more rocks do you have left in your tank? How many rocks do you... It's not time to play games anymore right now. It is time to get serious about your relationship with God because it is quite literally that we could be living in the generation that Jesus comes back in. I ain't got time for no games. I mean, above all, above everything else, I want to be ready. I love what old Noah said after his family. He said, y'all, come on, come on. And it says that Noah got his, all, all his family in the ark. And it says that God shut the door. But for most of 
us in this room, this sermon won't make it out that back door. We're ready to eat and we're ready to go to our house. We're ready to take a nap. We're ready to do all these things. But I want to ask you that if you don't know, if you're in this room right now and you don't know, am I ready? I just want you, and you, you can get ready today. Maybe you've been occupied with some other things, or maybe you just don't know, am I ready? But if you're in the room right now, and you would say, Drake, I don't know if I'm ready, or maybe I know that I'm not ready, or, or I, maybe I need to get ready for the day and start living my life like it matters. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you this morning. Just slip up your hand this morning. Thank you, thank you. God, for every hand that was raised, God, we just pray right now that they, it's just, I'm thinking of the, the, the end time harvest even, God. I pray that, that they, that we will stop focusing on what doesn't matter, what doesn't matter, God, and we will look to you. Man, this is my prayer. This is my prayer this morning. This is your will this morning, God. Let us Cast aside everything that hinders us and look to you, God, because the time is now. We will fight for you. We will stand up for you, God. Let us be the Christians who say we are ready to stand and live, to follow you wherever you have called us to go with all the rocks that we have left. We give them to you. God, in your name I pray. Amen.